This is the good, the Baz, and the ugly. I'm the Baz. Well, that no, I'm Baz. That sounds weird if I were going around calling myself the Baz. Anyway, uh, look, this podcast is filled with uncensored interviews with experts in particular fields or real-life stories from people who have inspiring personal tales to tell. It covers various topics and life stories that I've really dug, you know what I mean? And I think you'll dig them too. Just so you know, this podcast is for grown-ups. It may contain adult themes, sexual references, and strong language. Fuck yeah! No, I just wanted to. Sheet. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you're about to hear is true. Hold it now, wait, hold it. I know you're gonna dig this. I think the best thing for me to do is to introduce him. What the... What's his name? Baz Ashwami. It's not Baz Ashwami. It's Baz Ashmawi. Welcome to The Good, Baz and the Ugly. Episode... 14 season two right oh yeah <laughs> three weeks in a row just every time knocking it out of the park every time uh, can i just say to to mahi uh, ramadan kareem habibi Thank you. yes mahi's in the middle of ramadan um which is is very tough tough for you i feel tougher for me because i have to put up with you and it's like you had a bad accident or brain injury or something because you're not one of those that well, she's just like a different person. Like, you know, we just, this is our second time doing this intro because she forgot to press record. So she's just gone a bit <laughs> soft. She got, she just like, just goofs out a bit. And it's just 20% less. You're just, tw- oh, you still hold on to that shit from season one, are you? Like, let it go. <laughs> um, like, but, but I, I've noticed you get a bit more worked up and that kind of thing. What do you do to chill? What do you do to center yourself while you're walking around like a disney <laughs> character do you get me um she can't even hold a conversation that's as much no, as you no can... no 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 you you're you're <laughs> see honestly i people don't understand do you remember the, do you remember your first time bar when they're in the supermarket that's it she's the the, it's just an ad but she's just she's just very God love her. She's just not there. In She's... my defense, I've done really well this year. You're, you're, well, you're only a week in. last. Yeah, no, you have. <laughs> the lights are on, but there's nobody home. It's that kind no of. Praises, no praises. Well, this is it. Like, but but I feel I feel sorry for because people don't like. It's I, I know this. Sorry for we, people. We have this running joke where like like people go and you have to fast and you're not allowed water. Like, this is the most common thing people just can't get over about um, Muslims and Ramadan is that they don't drink water. But but obviously, if you're not eating or drinking anything all day, you're going to be walking around like a frankfurter. Like, you're going to, like, you're going to be a bit, uh, you're looking I'm at me blankly, it. a little bit vacant. I'm but I'm wondering how are you controlling your angriness, your hanger? How you... It's part of the fasting. It's the discipline. Oh. You have to control your anger so I don't kill you. Hmm. You have to control your hunger so I don't eat you. <laughs> wow. There's something scary when a Muslim says they kill you. I don't know why it's more scary I than... Know. Oh, <laughs> racist. Oh. Oh. My fish must go. What do you do, John John? What do you do to chill out? I find it because that is a way of meditating sometimes I like I play video games right because I can just lose myself for three hours and think about nothing else I found actually when I did jujitsu 
because you're probably because when you roll onto the mat you're so terrified of getting your neck choked that that all you think about on the mat is jujitsu that's all you think about and that's the kind of appeal there's a a plateau you reach i get the same walk in the dog i draw i write i do that kind of thing there's computer games though like do they not wind you up like whenever any of my mates i'm not big into them but any of my mates who play computer games you get really welled up I, I don't murder too much in computer games like I don't get too worked up in them they're fairly they're fairly like I find them fairly relaxing but breathing is is known to be one of the best things to center yourself and, and relax yourself and, and do all that and that's why this week um, my guest is Brian Malone uh, Brian has been teaching in Dublin for m- many and most of the most established studios here in Ireland, um, studios like Yoga Hub, Yoga Dublin, Hot Yoga Dublin, uh, Sweaty Soul, and one of my favourites, The Space Between. Um, he also teaches breathwork classes, which aim to help people like Mahi tap into the amazing resource that is their breathing. And that's it. Yeah. Recently, he launched a very cool podcast called The Breathwork Club. Uh, the, it's a podcast, that, a podcast that brings kind of simple breadwork practices and techniques to everyone. Brian leads the teaching or teacher trainings at the Yoga Hub on Camden Street and also retreats both in Ireland and, and abroad all over the state. Um, I had a great chat with him. Um, I love him. Uh, I think you'll really like him too. Namaste, bitches. Where do I start with you, young fella? Like, you didn't grow up in the Himalayas, did you? I didn't, no. no. So no. how did you... Where did yoga come into your life? I, yeah, like I have to say, like, I've probably lived a very unremarkable life. Yeah, but I started doing yoga when I lived in Australia. I lived in Australia for a few years. And just it can be coincidence. I moved into a house. I was living in Brisbane at the time. Moved into a house that just happened to be on the same road as a yoga studio. So I just went once because it was nearby and basically never never stopped going since then because i wonder about the transition to go when you when i think uh, and i i know you separately right i i know you very well i'm very oh, tell us how. oh well do you know what i mean it's a whole family thing and you have it <laughs> yeah just you you have a new baby i wonder how much your breath work is helping you right now we'll get to that and uh, yeah. I have a lovely new granddaughter. So you're like a like a son-in-law. Sounds weird saying that. I feel like yes. a real owl lad saying that. But <laughs> yeah, but but so we're, we're so we're related. We're family, you know. But but I I wonder how you go because yoga is such a lifestyle, right? Isn't it? Like not just like it's not just doing yoga or breath work. It's sometimes it's food as well, and it's a way of living. Were you like that up to that point, or this was a big change in your life? No, and I would say for me, the change was very gradual. So like most young Irish lads living in Australia, I just drank every weekend, uh, just stuff like that. And so when I started doing yoga, I continued to drink most weekends, but I would just do it. It wasn't like I went to a, for my yoga class and was instantly uh, meditating Converted. for four hours every single day. Yeah. So it was a bit of a, bit of a kind of a gradual change. Um, and what was the but, hook, Brian? What was the thing? What was, what was the thing that got you into it? What made it, made, made it something more than just, you know, a pastime? You know, to be honest, the first thing that got me into it was just physically how I felt because I don't think I had realized how tense I was until I went to something where someone encouraged me to not be tense. 
And I remember, so my sister also lived in Australia. It was me and her went to the class, the first class at the same time. And I remember walking home and just feeling like a foot taller, feeling like I'd, I'd let go of all of this kind of physical tension that I was just carrying around. And I was very, if you were to imagine the stiffest, most unflexible person you could possibly imagine i i was probably worse than that because that's hard that's hard to that's hard to believe because i look at your instagram quite a lot and it's you doing fucking handstands most of the time and the maddest positions i've ever seen so how how how, i suppose this is what john john wants to know how long how long does it take to start doing handstands at home how long did that take (laughs) everybody's different everybody's different it depends on what your starting point is um, low for me, it, <laughs> stiff. You know, then, it might take a while. Yeah. It might take a while. But it also depends on how much time you want to commit to it. If you got time to commit to it, you can. I'd be confident I could teach most people to learn how to handstand. Um, so what exactly do you do? Well, if you were int- you introduced to someone, how, what do you what do you say you do? What are what, how do you describe yourself? I guess I would say I'm a yoga teacher, but I do still have this kind of resistance to the idea of me as a, as a yoga teacher. Because I think calling yourself a teacher of something maybe implies that you know a lot. And while I do feel like I know some stuff, I more so think of myself as kind of like an avid practitioner who has been lucky enough to kind of fall into a position where I, I, I share the stuff that I know. Um, so I, I would, I, that's, it's what I do. I do teach yoga and, and breath work, but I still feel weird describing myself that but way. you teach teachers you teach people to be yoga teachers yeah. it's it's you're playing yeah. it down a little there son but yeah i get what <laughs> yeah. you mean so where did you get into where did you get into breath work so true yoga uh, most people will associate yoga with kind of physical stretches um but one of the things and it's not really necessarily unique to yoga anymore i think more and more the benefits of breathing well is being known across the board like you'll get personal trainers who'll speak of the importance of breath work you'll get physios that will speak of the importance of breath work you'll get doctors now who will speak of the importance of breathing well but what would have set yoga aside from other physical disciplines let's say would be the focus on breathing and that breathing is kind of very much the crux of a yoga practice that everything that you do whether you're stretching your hamstrings or whether you're sitting in meditation you're kind of doing it in conjunction with your breathing but what kind of really sent me headlong into it was when I got into the Wim Hof method, maybe about five years ago. Um, I originally wanted to get into the Wim Hof method through the cold exposure side of things. I used to be like such a wuss with cold water. And I wanted to get over that. And I came across Wim Hof, who I'm sure most people now kind of know Wim Hof. But Wim Hof is the Iceman, this crazy Dutch lunatic who does all of these crazy things to do a cold exposure, but he has a, a method which is called the Wim Hof method, which combines cold exposure, mindset and meditation and breathing techniques. Very kind of intense and is kind of like transformational. So what you do in the Wim Hof method in his breathing technique is you take what he calls 30 power breaths, which is kind of these very active inhalations and then these kind of passive exhalations. At the end of that, you then hold your breath for as long as you can hold your breath for. And you, you feel it, basically. You get like tingly, you get a little bit lightheaded, you can hold your breath for a lot longer than you kind of think you can hold your breath for. 
Um, and it has a very immediate impact on how you feel physically. Did you actually train with Wim Hof? I didn't train with him necessarily. I'm not a Wim Hof instructor, but I did go and spend a weekend with him. And I was lucky enough to kind of practice with him in person, which is amazing. And explain so, to me then, is there lots of different types of breath work? Yeah, yeah. One of the ideas in breath work basically is that how you feel is directly related to how you breathe. So when you're feeling a certain way, you're going to be that feeling is going to be reciprocated within your breathing pattern. So the most kind of obvious example of this is if you were to see someone having a panic attack, they're going to be breathing very shallowly and very quickly because they're in a state of panic. So that's kind of a very obvious example of how breathing is related to feeling. But they say that for every state of mind, every state of feeling, there's a reciprocal breathing pattern. So there's nearly infinite ways that you can breathe in order to initiate or encourage some kind of change. So you can breathe for, for calm and relaxation. You can breathe for energy. You can breathe for focus. There's people who breathe for spiritual reasons. There's people who, can, who will take breathing practices to kind of resolve past traumas. It's kind of like a, a, a almost an endless amount of things you can do with your breathing. Wow, because I know myself, right? I, I've done, I've, I've sampled yoga, and I'm yeah, like I can dig it. I can understand why people love yoga. And um, breath work, I've no experience of, but I know naturally, like I learned years ago, because because I'd be doing things that would be quite extreme. So we say it was, I was about to do a reverse bungee or something. You know, you can feel yourself <laughs> begin to panic, and I know by controlling my breathing and bringing it down. Everything goes down. The same way if I was to walk onto a stage, say I'm doing a stage show and I know there's like four or 500 people outside, your nerves start to go a bit. And the same way you can level yourself and bring it. So do you use it, do you use breath work in, in a kind of day-to-day -day environment? Is it like a yeah. tool that you just dip in and out of? 100%. And kind of, so as you're saying there, like basically it, to a certain extent, our body is sometimes kind of one step ahead of our mind. Uh, we usually tend to feel things a little bit quicker than we rationally process it. So when you're in something that makes you feel nervous, when you're in a situation that makes you feel scared or angry or frustrated, whatever it might be, your body usually reacts a little bit quicker than your mind does. So your body, you get butterflies or you feel hot, whatever it might be. So what makes your breathing really interesting is your breathing is one of your body's kind of automatic functions. So you don't have to think about breathing for your body to breathe. It will just, it will do it. And so when you're in a situation where you're reacting in a certain way, whether it's nerves or anxiety or anger, your breathing is usually going to change a little bit quicker than your mind will kind of pick up on how you're feeling, if that kind of makes sense. But what's amazing about your breathing, so you can't you can't think about your heart beating and make it beat slower. You can't think about your food digesting and get it to digest quicker. But you can think about your breathing and change it. And so one of my favorite breathwork teachers, a guy called Dan Brule, he says that that ability that we have to change our breathing is not a coincidence. It's like an invitation. So it's an invitation to kind of directly participate in your moment-to-moment -moment experience. And so that for me, for me personally, in terms of breath work has been the biggest change because one of the things that I've maybe found with yoga, for example, is that I would go to a yoga class, do my practice, stretch, do the meditation at the end, would feel great, leave the class 
go to walk home, someone would like bump into me and I'd be like, what a fucking prick, what the fuck's he? You know I mean, like just kind yeah. of like this kind of amazing calm that I'd cultivated would just sort of like instantly be out the door once I like leave the- John John, know, that's John John. <laughs> John John goes from naught to 70. Don't you John John? Hey, you know it. <laughs> from me personally, and like as, as, as many benefits as I've gotten from the physical yoga practice in terms of getting more flexible, getting stronger, getting more aware of my body. It was the breathing side of things that kind of made a turn into a, a more expansive practice, I would say. Something that, that, that really kind of stayed with me in my, in my everyday life. And so what, how I always describe breathwork is a, a tool to manage your moment-to-moment experience. You see, Brian, I can so, fucking dig that, right? I, can, I, can, I, yeah. I suppose the question is, because there's this trend at the moment, but if I'm not a, a yoga head... Can I just take the breathwork side of things and have ownership of that? Do you know what I mean? 100%. 100%. Everything is interconnected. So if you are, say, for example, physically quite tense and tight, you may find it a bit more challenging to connect to your breathing. That's not to say that you can't, and that's not to say that yoga is the only way that you can sort of release physical tension. But one of the things about breathwork as a practice is that it is actually also a physical practice. Like your, your breathing is a, is a physical thing. It's not just air moving in and out of your nose. There's a lot going on in your, around your, your, your lungs, your, your diaphragm, your rib cage. So there is a physical aspect to it, which is why I think yoga and breathwork go so hand in hand. Uh, is breathwork and traditional meditation, are they different or is that the same thing? Meditation to a certain extent would be a passive practice uh, in some instances so meditation would be a little bit more about observing what's happening awareness of your breathing is kind of the foundation of meditation in a lot of ways because your breathing by its very nature is always happening in the present moment uh, you know you can think about the future you can think about the past but you can't take a breath into the future you can't take a breath last week so by its very nature your breathing is always happening in the present moment in meditation, some meditations, you want to be present. So most meditations will use your breathing as kind of like an anchor to settle you into the present moment. But where maybe breath work or breathing practices would differ is that you're going to kind of consciously change your breathing in order to achieve something. So breathing slower to calm yourself down or breathing more actively to give yourself a boost. So that would be kind of the small separation in that Breathwork is that little bit more active. You know, I read these articles all the time, too many, and like cold showers every day, and people are like, I swear by it, like it's changed my life. And all these people swimming in the cold, like you and Charlotte go off swimming in the cold all the time. And I'm like, I love the idea of it. I want to be that guy, but I just fucking don't want to get into a cold shower. Like I literally, <laughs> physically, I can't I can't make myself, I get, I get in, I, my testicles disappear and I get out and I just go, no, there's no satisfaction in that for me. How does so, breathing, how does breath work work in cold water? Like what type of breathing are you doing when you're, when you're trying to get into the shower in the cold or jump into the river or sea or again, whatever? If you were, there's another example of this intrinsic link between breathing and feeling. Because what you will notice, if you get into cold water, you will gasp. Your breath will get short. You'll kind of even hold on to your breath and you'll just kind of create this almost this additional... Not just my breath, Brian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you'll create this sort of like additional tension. Um, and so one of the things that your breathing can do is give you a sense of control. 
So one of the things where you might not like about cold water is you get into it, it's freezing. It can feel sort of like confrontational. And you're like, why am I exposing myself to this? Why am I? And we can kind of get caught up in all of this uh, just mental chatter, basically. But if you can just take a few slow breaths, this is what anyone who swims in the sea will have either consciously or unconsciously come to understand this, that if you can get some sort of control of your breathing, it helps you find a sense of control within that situation that might feel a little bit uncomfortable. So if you can get control of your breathing, what you may come to realize is, okay, it's cold, but cold is not going to like, you're not going to die. (laughs) You're not going to like the sensation of cold doesn't necessarily have to be something that's uh, threatening or, or unpleasant. So for me, with swimming in the sea, although I'm kind of comfortable swimming in the sea now, the water doesn't feel any warmer than when I hated getting into the sea. It's not like now I get in the water and it feels like I'm in the Mediterranean. Like the, 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 the sensation of cold is the exact same that it was when I hated getting into the sea. It's just now I kind of have tools to sort of manage that sensation. And to find like a little sense of calm and something that feels uncomfortable. And that's why something like a cold shower can be this thing that can, can in a sense, like sort of transform your life because we're always in situations where we feel a little bit uncomfortable and the practices sort of translate that if you can, if you can use your breathing to calm down in cold water that you really don't like, then you can use your breathing to calm down when you're in a tricky situation at work. Or when you're you're in an uncomfortable situation with a with a with someone you're in a relationship with or something like that. So it's uh yeah, that's why something as simple as just breathing in cold water can actually be a really amazing life changing thing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's funny because I, I I do a lot of that kind of breath work without knowing I've ever been doing breath work, if you know yeah. what I mean. Like I know even with the girls, you'll you'll see you know, in in soon enough when when a child gets incredibly <laughs> upset. You know where they and they can't and the, the, the scream can't even come out. You just see the mouth open. You know there's a big cry coming. Um, I always say to them, just breathe, just breathe through it, and they calm themselves down. But I even know, like if I was getting tattooed, I used to do a thing where I would smile. So my like I'd sit there smiling and just breathing very slowly. And my friends used to come into me going, "What's so funny?" And I'd be like. Nothing, but it was just to level off the pain. Like this was how I used to get through is just to trick my brain. So it's amazing that you can trick your body like that. Like I'm sure nearly all of us have given a friend advice before, like just take take a deep breath or you'll have been in a situation wherever you go somewhere and you're somewhere in nature, you see something beautiful. We all just take this like slightly deeper breath in. So it's kind of like an intuitive thing that we all understand. But for people who are maybe like me, um, we can have a tendency to live life on autopilot and and just to sort of habitually move through life without fully appreciating the amazing moments uh that that we experience or sometimes without fully appreciating how we can make certain moments worse through our reactions and basically what being aware of your breathing does is it helps you make the sort of the unconscious conscious and for me, at least, it's helped me live a much more conscious life. Makes a lot of sense. What's the what's the crack with yawning then? Sorry, I'm going random here. But <laughs> yawning and sighing and all that is that that's nothing to do with breathing, has it? Yeah, yeah. So yawning and, and sighing is like natural breath work. It's like, yeah, like natural pieces of breath work that we do. So potentially yawning or sighing could be a sign that something's not correct with your breathing. So say, for example, if 
if, if you're someone who yawns and sighs 24-7, that can actually be a bit of a sign that you're maybe not breathing too well um, or that something in your life is not as, as good as it could be. But yawning and sighing are two things that our body instinctively, intuitively does. I think we sigh something like, I think it's 10 to 20 times an hour, like naturally, on average. Just yawning, as you said that, I, I yeah. noticed myself sighing. And, like it's... <laughs> <laughs> and what a sigh essentially is, is without getting too technical, but your lungs are elastic. So they're kind of like a, a they, they, they come almost like an elastic band. So when you breathe in, your lungs stretch, and then they have this sort of elasticity that causes them to rebound back into their original shape. And your lungs need for... Uh, just for the basically the health of them, every hour they need to hyperinflate a certain amount of times. So they expand quite a lot and then rebound back in. And that's basically what a sigh is. So it's a really natural thing your body does to kind of look after itself. And so within that sense of the release and the letting go, you can actually use sighing as a really nice way, like you said, to sort of like, to sort of like center yourself. To kind of like if you find yourself getting, you know, caught up in something, you're fixating on something negative or you've got like a little story running around your head that's causing you a little bit of stress, you can sort of use a sigh as a way to physically and energetically kind of let that go. And then yawning is just amazing because yawning, yawning is basically natural yoga because yoga again is where we move and breathe. And when you yawn, basically what you do is you move and you breathe. So you yawn, you stretch, and you kind of wiggle around, and it's kind of like big and dramatic. And there's loads of different theories as to why we yawn, um, but it's just a really instinctive piece of yoga. You just take a big breath in, you just stretch, and it feels really, really nice if you allow it to. We can sometimes associate yawning with like boredom, or you're not interested, or it can kind of feel like rude. Uh, but every mammal yawns like dogs yawn cats yawn monkeys yawn one of my teachers though dan brule he teaches breathwork courses and his core technique one of his core techniques is yawning and he tells you that when you feel a yawn coming on you exaggerate it so you try to like draw it out a bit longer you make it bigger you make it more dramatic you make it like really and i swear to god like a a, a really good yawn is because do you know yourself. what? I, do you know what? I, I tend to I tend to do the opposite. If I'm in company and I yawn, I kind of yawn into me fanned a bit. I kind of close it off. So next time I should be as your man is chatting away, I just go, "Don't worry, me." I just have a good big stretch yeah. and enjoy it. Absolutely. What's that, John John? Why is it contagious? Yeah, why are yawns contagious? Uh, I don't know how well studied yawning is, but one theory is so one of the amazing things about human beings is that we are naturally empathetic if you're in someone's company that your your breathing will actually sync with them and um, so i've found it a little bit with uh with, with lily the baby like when i'm really relaxed and she's really relaxed and she's kind of like sitting on my chest the two of us will tend to breathe in this kind of like really slow rhythm with each other it's really really nice and so yawning one of the theories as to why it's contagious is that when we were uh, tribes and we were like nomadic and we used to like travel around the place, that yawning was a signal that somebody was getting tired and it was contagious because it made everyone sort of empathize with how they were feeling. So I was like, okay, maybe we'll stop and maybe we'll rest. Maybe that's like enough traveling for one day. So again, it's not 
they don't know for sure. Yeah. But one of the theories is that's because we're empathetic and we have an ability to, to feel and yawning is kind of like our link to that potentially. Very good. Um, tell me <laughs> this, what's holotropic? Is it holotropic? Holotropic, holotropic breath work? Holotropic. So holotropic breath work is um, for people who would be skeptical about uh, the impact that breath work could have on you. I'd recommend trying holotropic breathing or, um, or the Wim Hof method. So holotropic breathing is kind of like psychedelic breath work, I would probably say. Um, now you got different go on psychedelic like, breath. Like it has a like, <laughs> like LSD psychedelic. Potentially. So basically what holotropic breathing is, is it's a form of connected breathing. So a connecting, connected breathing means is that you breathe in and out in a really fluid way. So you breathe in, and as soon as you feel like you're reaching the top of your inhale, you breathe out. As soon as you feel like you're reaching the bottom of your exhale, you breathe in. And you kind of find this sort of continuous, fluid rhythm to your breathing. You're just breathing in and breathing out, breathing in and breathing out. And you do this for like a, maybe like an hour plus. It might take a little while to get into it. It might take a little while to get into the swing of things. And a lot of us can sometimes have like resistance to these kind of practices. But after a while you will start to transcend a normal state of mind, I would say. Uh, I don't have, I, I've practiced it before, but I wouldn't be an expert in it at all. But you kind of start to have like memories. You can kind of start to have like sort of visions. For some people, it really helps them work through trauma. Uh, it can be a very, a very, yeah, it can help people sort of, it's just very therapeutic for some people. Obviously. Very therapeutic, yeah. And you do it for an hour. I'll just do a half then. <laughs> um, don't want to get too out of it. I'll just do a half hour to begin with and see how I get on. Um, that's brilliant. That's amazing. I never knew about that. That's it's, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. And holotropic breathwork, again, I'm not an expert in it, but my understanding of it is the guy who invented it was a psychoanalyst. And he again realized that when people went through huge kind of breakthroughs uh, through talking therapy, that their breathing would change, that they would start to breathe in a kind of like more connected and more quicker and more fluid way. And so his idea was like, well, let's forget the talking. Let's just go straight to the breathing part. Um, and can we use the breathing to almost bypass the need to talk through this stuff? So kind of instead of like talking through it, you like breathe through it. And then that um, gives you a kind of window into yourself somewhat. So, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, sure. Isn't that amazing? John, John, I love that. Yeah, I'm going to give it a go. I'd <laughs> love to try that. It's just like, sure. where do you go to do this though? Like, how do you, like, where do as you find out more about all this kind of thing? It's a Christmas party. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> there's a place in Westport, I think, that does it. When you do holotropic breathwork, you'd usually do it in a group and you get assigned like, pairs and and one person does the breathing and the other person actually watches over the person doing the breathing because it can be quite emotional it can be quite a, a lot of stuff can come up like stuff that maybe you didn't even realize was there yeah so it needs to be done you know i wouldn't just encourage someone now to kind of like go lie out the back garden and breathe for an hour in this really intense way you kind of need a little bit of uh, yeah yeah a little bit of guidance do you think people are more aware of their need to manage their stress now than before i think so i think so um i think this this the last year has really made us all fully appreciate the, the need for self-care um or just again just having tools to to, to help us 
manage difficult uh, scenarios, which like for most of us the last year has been like pretty difficult. Um, and I think like stress sometimes can get like a bad word. Like you sometimes hear the word stress and sort of like automatically you think it's really bad or really negative thing, but we actually, we do need some amount of stress in our lives. Like stress can motivate us to do things. Stress can, can help us be active and, and stuff like that. So stress is not a, stress is not a bad thing. Unchecked stress and constant stress is not great because we're just physically not designed to experience stress for long periods of time. It's, it's exhausting. It's basically just like get burnt out. So having tools to manage your experience of stress is for me like essential because otherwise you're, you're kind of going down a one way street that doesn't end particularly well. Because stress, I suppose, stress is not what happens to you. It's kind of, it's our response to what happens. And then our response, of course, is something we can choose. Do you know what I mean? But a certain extent. And so one of the concepts that always helps me in these kind of situations is there's a Buddhist concept called the two darts, or the, sorry, the second darts. It's kind of a given that you're going to suffer. Like suffering is a part of life. And so inevitable suffering is known as the first darts. You are alive, so you're going to suffer. You're going to bang your knee off the kitchen counter. You're going to fall in love and have your heart broken. You're going to lose someone you care about. You're going to get locked down in your house for a year because of a global pandemic. Like that, A certain level of suffering is inevitable. It's just part of being alive. And so that's the first dart. But then the second dart is the dart we have a tendency to throw at ourselves. So we bang our knee and we tell ourselves that we're fucking idiots and we're useless because we banged our knee. You know, you, you, you break up, a, a meaningful relationship ends and you tell yourself that that relationship ended because you're unlovable, you're a terrible person. Like, why would anybody want to be with you? Suffering is natural, but we also have this tendency to add suffering onto suffering by our reactions. Uh, a lot of times, like the stories that we tend to tell ourselves or, or, fixating on certain parts of the suffering so what things like breathwork can kind of help us do or what it's helped me do at least is kind of like stop myself from throwing those second darts uh something as simple as just taking a deep breath in having a sigh having a few moments to breathe slowly and sort of realizing that okay things are tough sometimes life is difficult but we don't need to make it more difficult on ourselves. It's changing your inner narrative. I think we've chatted about this in the past as well, where we've kind of said, like, you know, you can you can lose yourself inside your head. You got lots of rope in there. You can you can you know you can just let it go. I I, I have many children and grandchildren. So uh, can kids do breathwork practices? One hundred percent. It's it's good. It's good to develop these practices before you get really stressed out. You know what I mean? So a lot of people tend to go to yoga or go to meditation or go to breath work when they're in a really difficult moment. You know what I mean? Like they, they feel, you know, something has happened. And like, oh, fuck, I really need to go to a yoga class. But I think understand the importance of actually getting a grip on these kind of practices before you have your really difficult uh, midlife crisis or whatever it might be. So for sure, um, kids... I say, any, once you can breathe, you can practice breath work. So there's no, there's no age limit for sure. We say, well, like, what, what should you be doing before starting breath work? Like, is there something you should do beforehand or no? You. It depends. Again, it depends. It, it, say for if you, if you'd never practiced breath work before, I think it would be good to go to, to 
to to a teacher or a class or someone who can give you the sort of the the basics of the practice but if you have a relatively decent awareness of your breathing again you're 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 always breathing i think that's one of the lovely things about breath work in the sense that something like yoga for example might seem kind of intimidating because again we we think of people sitting in the himalayas cross-legged meditating for hours and you know if you're a normal person from Dublin who sits at a desk for, you know, five hours a day. And, you know, that might feel unattainable, but all you need to practice breath work is to be aware of your breathing. Do you, just so I know, do you just whip it out like, like at time, like, (laughs) this sounds stupid, but do you just automatically check yourself every now and then? Like if you're not sleeping, if you're having a bad night's sleep, do you have certain breath work that you use to, okay, I'm going to bring myself and mellow myself out and bring my breathing down so I can relax? Because obviously your breath has to be really low, I imagine, to, to sleep. There's a few breath works, that, uh, breathing practices that are really um, popular for before sleep. And basically they're all about lengthening your exhalation. So you can kind of think of your inhales and exhales as kind of like the pedals on a car. Yeah. So inhales are active, energizing, like stepping on the accelerator. And then exhales are kind of like passive and relaxing, like stepping on the brakes. So before bed, for example, you might focus on your exhales. I kind of have a constant little awareness of like, how am I breathing? And then if it's, if it's going to be useful, I might try and breathe in certain ways. But I think, again, I'm, I would not call myself an expert, mm. but even as someone who does pay a lot of attention to this stuff, I definitely still find myself at night sometimes thinking about something that I did when I was four years old and feeling embarrassed about it, not being able to sleep because I'm thinking about the stupid thing I said in class in like uh, like junior infants or something like that. You know what I mean? That I still like, I definitely don't exist in this sort of sea of calm. But when I do catch myself in these moments, I do kind of have little techniques that I can turn to just to help like regulate <laughs> how I'm feeling. It's funny because even talking to you, Brian, like I could curl up on the couch now and just, you, you have a very calm, and you're as a person, you're very mellow. I don't think I've ever seen you freaking out or having, having a tizzy. Even when you were having the baby, you were like, yeah, we're having the baby now. We're just going to go in. And, you know, another person would be like, fuck, shit. You know, but you were just like, yeah, yeah, it's all an emergency, but we're all doing great. And, you know, you're just very, so you keep yourself, do you keep yourself, try and keep yourself to a certain level to manage the world? I try to. I used to have a really bad temper. I, I used to, like when I was younger, when I do trainings or I've done like podcasts before and I hear myself speaking about these things, I sort of like have always have this feeling that people that knew me growing up that probably listened to me talking about stuff like this, I'm like, he's fucking talking shit. Like he's, <laughs> like he's not, <laughs> he was never not, like, he's that. Not like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Over the last few years, I really do feel like I've, I've, I've managed to develop a certain level of self-awareness and certain tools. I think sometimes with like meditation or breath work and stuff like this, we can sometimes feel, or potentially some people might have the perception that it's like getting to a place where you don't feel or, or, or that you're, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're calm to an extent of like not actually participating in what's happening. You know what I mean? Like if something stressful is happening, you should feel. But it's, it, you know, what's nice. What's nice is to have a level of control. Do you yeah. get me? Like, I, I know the, one of the best tricks I ever learned was I was, uh, uh, it was an old mentor of mine and said it to me, but is if you're asked a really difficult question, Sometimes you can get very nervous. You know, if you're nervous and you sit down, like you'd be doing an interview and you'd be going at 100 miles an hour and he'd yeah. just go, 
Just stop for four seconds. Just breathe in for four seconds and breathe out. And by the time you breathe it out, you're you're golden. Like you're good. As, and I, I use it all all the time. So, <laughs> but it is nice to feel like even though you're in this very a crazy situation and you have all these emotions that you do have some level of control. You do have some some um, some hands on the wheel as they say you know yeah definitely you're the man listen thanks so much pal that was brilliant guys. thanks for having me on <laughs> but everyone's just zenned out of us <laughs> right yeah so listen thanks a million brian control who doesn't want control did you like that john john wasn't it good loved it yeah really interesting you know i just think it's breathing like yeah a mad man okay uh what do i think what do i think all right these are the facts, right? Breathwork has been used in ancient traditions for like thousands of years. It's been in Buddhism, Taism, uh, Sufism, Christianity, shamanism, and pretty much every feckin' martial art I, I think that's ever existed. And most of them all believe the concept of breathing as the air that goes into the lungs, but also as the spiritual life force that creates life life for fuck's sake that's pretty bloody important isn't it like <laughs> these thoughts have been around for thousands of years it's not just some fad by flexible people cycling around on fixies do you know what i mean it's what it's what people have thought like they you, you know i i suppose a lot of the time you think it's going to be the only people who are into yoga and breadwork are going to be walking around in hemp clothes and doing yoga hugging trees and stuffing their faces on guacamole and nut butter crackers or some shite but but that's not what it is i've done yoga and i've never not enjoyed it pretty much like it's it's great like i prefer jujitsu but the best is a combination of the two of them to be honest but yoga uh you know i've never felt better than after doing some yoga but but i get it it's it's not everyone's bag and that's fair enough but breath work is really something that's for everyone. And the only thing uh, that's going to stop you from learning more about it, uh, I suppose, about how it can like help with your sleep or your anxiety or stress or, or just your general well-being is you and your attitude. Here's a little life tip, right? And it's been a game changer for me. And I say it to myself all the time. Don't be close-minded, right? don't be close-minded i need to broaden my perspectives opportunities are locked away from me when i'm close-minded when i'm open-minded and i allow myself to envision a different world a life without walls and obstacles and boundaries when i close my mind off i limit myself and if i do that sure i'll never see anything past me feckin' eyes do you know you'll never see anything beyond it try listen experience what are you scared of yeah what are you scared of just breathe you know and listen you can find all brian's details in the notes below and you can check out his podcast the Brettwork club's well worth a listen uh just so you know there's a Brettwork session i did with brian at the very end of this episode uh, uh so stay listening if you want to try that out uh, as always you can su subscribe share review comment that really helps us we really like that listen the podcast has been growing really really well and uh, we're very happy and that's down to you guys uh, sharing it and if you could keep doing that for us that would mean the world thank you so much we love you 
in a very general way some of us sexually some of us just emotionally and some of us just in a crutchy kind of needy way but whatever it is there's a lot of love going going your direction but more than anything more than anything not a night goes by where john john mahi and i don't go sleep and don't wish you good luck in the cool. do you think we should do a short breath work thing now can you teach me something now yeah. that i can use yeah we can for sure what, 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 it's okay do i sit here like this john john's doing it as well so one of the nice things with breath work one of the nice ways we can approach breath work is that to kind of remember that we all sort of know how to breathe for the most part. We're all, most of us are born with this sort of innate capacity to breathe fully. But then over the course of life and all of the stuff that we encounter, we kind of have a tendency to restrict this kind of natural capacity. So to kind of remember that with this little practice that we'll do here, we'll just, we'll just try to connect to a fuller, more natural breath. And so to kind of remember that we are not kind of creating something new, you're just returning to something you kind of already possess. You want to think of your breathing as a three-dimensional process. So we might sometimes think of our breathing as being around the chest or the belly. For this, we're going to think of our breathing as being part of the sides of our body and even maybe part of like the back of our body. So it's just full natural breathing. We're going to breathe in through the nose. And so finding a comfortable seat is absolutely perfect you're going to sit up tall but nothing that's going to like feel stiff so you're going to like relax your shoulders let your eyes close if it's comfortable if you want to keep your eyes open that's okay too but sort of let the back of your neck lengthen a little and then let your bottom teeth kind of just move a little bit away from the top teeth so the first thing you'll do is just notice your breathing without trying to change it without trying to control it just sort of noticing your breath coming in and out and that can sometimes be like tricky so what i recommend that you do is just notice the first thing you feel when you breathe in whatever that is where it's a sensation around your nose or your chest or your belly and just sort of like follow that sensation and see if you can follow it all the way to the last thing you feel when you exhale It might sort of feel that your breathing feels maybe quick or maybe slow or it feels like smooth or choppy. But this is kind of a practice of feeling, not thinking too much. You're obviously going to think a little but more so as important as just the feeling. And then what you'll do when you're ready, you'll take your hands, if, it, if that's okay. If you don't want to use your hands, it's absolutely fine as well. But you're just going to place your hands down to your belly but a little bit specific. So place your thumbs kind of just above your belly button with your thumbs kind of touching. And then place your right hand to the right side of your belly button, the left hand to the left side of your belly button with your fingers kind of pointing a little down towards your hips. And again, breathing into your nose, you're gonna start to breathe kind of towards your hands. First thing I'd get you to think of would actually be your throat. So we all kind of have this little tendency, or a lot of us have a tendency to kind of hold a bit of tension around our throat. So as you breathe in, what I actually want you to think of doing is letting your throat like widen. As if you're giving your breath this sort of like wider passage to travel down. And then almost think of your breath moving down your spine. So as your breath moves to your hands, sort of simultaneously feel your breath move a little forward towards your thumbs 
but then also feel it maybe move down your fingers. And maybe even feel your breath kind of like widening out towards your pinky fingers. But also be a little cautious that you don't think that has to be a big, massive movement. And that you're not kind of like pushing out your belly to try and make the movement bigger. See if you can actually do the opposite and and let the kind of muscles around your belly sort of relax to let your breath come in. And then as you breathe out, let your exhale be that kind of like rebound. It's almost like the kind of uh, that elastic quality. So your exhale is just going to be like a natural consequence of your breath coming in. But we all have this little tendency sometimes to kind of rush from breath to breath. So see if instead, can you just like follow your exhale to its natural conclusion? Or just whenever your exhale naturally wants to end. ready we'll just shift the focus of our breathing a little so you're going to take your hands and place them towards like the sides of your ribs and basically anywhere on your ribs is absolutely fine but if you can you're going to come a little bit towards the back of your ribs so your hands are like sort of just underneath your armpits with maybe your thumbs a little bit towards the back of the body but that's not available or not comfortable no worries and then again you're going to like breathe towards your hands and so this time, what I want you to try and feel is the kind of like the expansiveness of your breathing. So as you inhale, you're going to let your left side of your ribs kind of grow into your left hand. The right side of your ribs grow into your right hand. And the back of your ribs even maybe move towards your thumbs. So almost think of your breath sort of creating a little bit of space between each rib. And as you exhale, you're going to kind of let your ribs just naturally sort of like deflate. And so let the ribs kind of move a little inwards. What I like to think of here is actually think of your rib cage almost as like an accordion or like a squeeze box. And so as you inhale, you're kind of opening it up. And as you exhale, you're just kind of closing it in. And again, your breathing's like a physical thing. So you might sort of feel when you're doing this that you maybe feel a little bit of tension around the chest or the shoulders. So if you want to like move your shoulders a little as you breathe, you're definitely free to do so. And then the last little one, we're going to take the fingers and this time just place them underneath your collarbones. So kind of somewhere to your upper chest area. And again, you're going to breathe towards your hands. But you're going to try and find here kind of like a combination between the first two movements. So you'll naturally let your chest lift up a little, but also kind of feel your breath sort of like widen your collarbones. Or even feel your breath sort of move a little towards your armpits. And then maybe even think of breathing into your upper back. So like breathe into where your hands would be if they were also in the back of your body. Like breathe it into your shoulder blades, the joints of your shoulders. And again, nearly all of us have a tendency 
to hold a little bit of tension in our shoulders. So like the image I would encourage here, imagine you've been kind of like carrying a really heavy backpack on your back all day. And as you breathe in, you're breathing like into that imaginary backpack. But as you breathe out, imagine you're like taking off the straps. And so like just letting the weight go. you feel ready you can let one hand come to your heartbeat one hand to your belly button or hands go wherever you want them to go but you're going to start to think of breathing into the full expression of your breath so breath beginning in the belly moving a little out into the ribs moving across the chest and the shoulders so here you can always think of your breath as like a wave as you breathe in, letting that wave rise up and out. And as you exhale, again, almost like kind of like rebound, letting the wave recede. And seeing if you can maybe follow your exhale all the way to just its like natural conclusion. And like feel your breath if you can as something that is spacious. This is kind of like a quality we can value in modern life, like a need for space. And a lot of times we sort of unconsciously or consciously take up less space than we could. And so here you can like just let yourself take up space as you breathe. And the other nice thing about your breath is your breath moves. And so sometimes we can get stuck on things, whether that's a thought or a habit or whatever it might be. But your breath can be a nice reminder that things move and things change and things flow. Jesus, mad what it does so, like, to your head, it isn't it? Like, <laughs> thinking now, I think if I, uh, <laughs> if I am doing that other one, I might only do a quarter of an hour. Because even that was, <laughs> whew, that was great, Brian. <laughs>